I'll start it in a minute here. First, I'll leave my joint. And we can even leave all this in there too, I don't even care. Alright. What's up everybody? Welcome to episode one of the podcast. Been wanting to do this for about two years now, so I'm really excited to get into it. Made excuses for years, but finally committing. Man, 2020, I still think it's 2019. Uh, I've been telling everyone that. Every time I sign something, I write 19 still, so that's that's something about me. Um, but it is 2020, and I have a lot of big plans for this year, like most of us glass blowers that are working hard and trying to achieve things. <clears throat> but man, a couple things too. A lot of people reaching out asking if Bear is okay. A couple weeks ago, we had that emergency vet scare and everything. Bear is my cat, and he is okay. Had some emergency dental surgery. We thought it was something else. Thankfully, it was something we could treat. Um, also, to all the people reaching out about my kiddo being sick, thank you so much. She is better now. Back to normal. Um, and I'm thinking um, as far as like we have some shows coming up this year. Uh, one of them is going to be in Hawaii. It's going to be with Hetty Hawaii. I think the date is the 27th of June, but I, I don't want to give the wrong date. But it's in June sometime. So we'll be posting up that here soon about the exact uh date of that show and they were also doing a show with the glass stash and um, that's going to be in washington dc um i believe that's in september but again i don't have the exact date but be on the lookout for that so man it's crazy it's crazy doing a podcast i talk to a cell phone all day and uh, now i'm talking to a camera and it feels a little bit more uncomfortable than the cell phone so bear with me folks because it's just the beginning um About two weeks ago on Instagram, I reached out and had you guys send me a bunch of questions. And uh, I at least wanted to get through a handful of them. We had about 150 people reach out with questions, which was so cool. Um, Definitely appreciate the participation in all this because it does make it easier and make it more fun for everybody. Um, With these questions, too, I'm going to let you guys know um, who the person was that asked me, and then I'll just go through it. Might go off on some tangents. So here we go. First one, this is the biggest one, right? How'd you get into glass blowing? Man, when I, uh, I really didn't start smoking weed till I was about 18 years old. We'll just start right at the fucking beginning. Um, I really did start smoking weed till I was like 18 years old. Um, originally, like, I was like a skateboarder. I was drinking Miller High Life, thought I was real cool. I was like, oh, people that smoke weed, you know, pussy smoke weed. But, uh, when I was 18, I found out that is not the case, uh, Cannabis completely changed my life. I was like just like drinking beer, partying with friends, but I had a horrible migraine issue. Because um, when I was younger, I had a, a seizure disorder called petit mal. So it was like a really like a mild like seizures where you just like stare off whatever. Uh, and then as I got older, somehow after a bunch of treatment, that seizure disorder turned into a migraine disorder, uh, which was which was uh, debilitating. It's tough if anyone out there has migraines. You guys know how it is. Uh, it's all on a different, it's all on a spectrum of pain, how painful, but man, it'll knock you down for the day. So after a bunch of different tries with all different medicine, eventually my doctor was like, listen, like you've done like eye therapy, you've done like all these years of different stuff to try and treat this. It's not working. Why don't you talk to your dad? I know he smokes weed. My dad was a big stoner. He always smelled like pot, didn't hide it. So literally I got into smoking weed, um, really for the medical at first, but I really fell in love with it when like, I smoked by myself for the first time. First few times I tried cannabis, I didn't like it. It actually made me feel kind of sick. That could be all the alcohol that was mixed with it. Um, 
But once I finally got my like own bag of weed and I sat down by myself, I was like, and I just smoked by myself. That's when I really fell in love with uh, cannabis. And that's what led to all the glass for the first couple of years, just smoking fucking um, kingpins, mango tangos, really shitty blunt wraps. And then uh, eventually I went to a friend's house and he had a water pipe there. And I was like, what is that? We got into it. He packed it. We smoked it. And I was like, why isn't everybody smoking like this? What the fuck have we been doing for two years? My throat doesn't hurt, which was great. Um, And after that, I was hooked. I started going to shops all over the place. Anytime we went on vacation, I would go to the local shop in that area. And I would just see what they had. Because to me, it was like finding like these rare like little pieces with all different percolators because I was kind of obsessed with function. Um, a lot of some people like sculpting or color work. I was that guy that was I'd put water in every fucking piece in the store before I bought one because I just I loved the function. Um, that's what hooked me with glass. And that's what really got me into it. So after about two years of smoking weed, that's when I really got into glass. And then about three years after that is when I started glass blowing. My wife in 2012, she actually found a class. It was at Corning Glass Museum in upstate New York. And that's um, a pretty famous place for like just all around glass and glass art. And uh, the class I took was, it was more for just like torch safety. We did a little bit of marble work. So just balling up glass and just, you know, learning what it feels like to even melt something. And we did that class and it was really fun and I was hooked. But then when I went to go buy a torch, there was a waiting list to get the torch I wanted to get, which was a GTT Mirage. And that actually answers one of the questions here, too. My first torch was a GTT Mirage. So we waited about eight months. And in April of uh, 2013, we got our first torches. And then every day there on out, we were grinding, like blowing glass. And at the same time, my wife was working at NARS Cosmetics as a manager. And I actually worked for a landscape company. Or actually, I had my own landscape company at that point. It was called Bear Mountain Farms. That was before Bear Mountain Studios. Um, and I was landscaping all day. Basically, you get up at like 5.30 in the morning, and then you work from about 6.30 to 5 o'clock at night. And then uh, we would head home and turn on the torches and start working all night there. So the same schedule we're on now, grinding 24-7, sleeping four hours a night, we were doing back then too. Um, it was the only way I figured we could actually get anywhere with it is if we just dedicated every bit of time we had. Um, but yeah, like that's really like a brief thing of like how I got into glass blowing. Um, for me, it was just, you know, enjoying smoking with friends and playing with all the different percolators and pieces and collecting that that really got me hooked. Oh man, let's see here. This is a cool question. This is from immaculately stoned and it says, uh, what type of career would you pursue if you weren't blowing glass? Any other fascinations? Um, Honestly, if I wasn't a glass blower, I'd probably just be a construction worker. I've always worked with my hands and did construction or landscaping. But as far as things I'm interested in, like I'd love I like love archaeology. Like if I was like wealthy and could just like explore and like just dig up ancient ruins and stuff, that would be really cool. But clearly I smoke weed all day and I'm a high school dropout, so that is not in my future. Whoa. All right. Let's see here. How has glass blowing changed your family's life? And let's see if I can say this name right. Lederberlappen. Uh, clearly, I didn't say that right, but close enough, I hope. So yeah, how has glass blowing changed your family's life? Oh, man, that's a big one. See, um, it changes every day. But for the like a like a big picture, how did it change our life? When I was uh, 20 years old. Uh, me and my wife were living in this shitty little, it was a two-car garage we were living in, 
And um, she was like hating her job and she wasn't stoked and she was coming home and just really upset and telling me how like, oh my God, like we're stuck here. Where are we going to be? And I promised, I was like, honey, I promise in five years when we're 25 years old, we'll have a house, we'll have a car, like we'll have good jobs. And she looked at me and she's like, how the fuck are you going to do that, Evan? How are you going to do that? I'm like, I have no idea. At this point, I haven't even thought about glass blowing, but I was like, I, I was making promises. Hopefully I could keep. And um, a couple years later, we got into glass. So the biggest thing that glass blowing has changed my life, it's offered my family a way to survive. It's offered us a way to, you know, calm down and not be so stressed out about the bills and just enjoy each other while we're together. So overall, like happiness and my family being able to uh, move to a place like Colorado where it's beautiful and the laws are awesome. Glass blowing has completely changed my life. It's it's um, the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, and I'm grateful for where I'm at right now with it. Even if, even though all of it's temporary, all success is temporary, guys. So you got to enjoy it while you have it. You know, it's not going to be forever. So right now, I'm very grateful where we're at and what we're doing. All right, let's see here. We're gonna get through a few more questions here, and uh, then we'll get into something else. But there's so many good ones. I just want to make sure I at least get through a few of them. <coughs> All right. See, uh, what this is a good one too. This is probably one that a lot of people have been, you know, have asked before. It's this is from KC seven ten. Tommy says, uh, "What keeps you interested in making RBRs? You've been making only them for years now." And that's true. The last uh, over two years now, I've only been making RBRs. I've made a few things in between, like custom orders or collabs that weren't an RBR, but I've been mainly making RBRs. And honestly, that's because it's what I'm booked for. Um, a, my daughter was born about a year and a half ago, um, and but obviously I found out about her a couple years ago, and when that happened, I was like, oh my gosh, like I need a way, like how am I going to pay for this baby and this mortgage, like how am I going to do this, and um, I went back to one of my original designs, which was the Bell Recycler, and then I refined it, so it became the Refined Bell Recycler, or RBR. So for me, like what keeps me making them, it's what I have orders for. I really do love making them, but also too, it was the first piece I ever made back in 2013 was my bell recycler. So for me, it's just a really special piece and um, it's exciting for me to, to keep working on them day after day because it's, it's what's supporting my family. The, and like, I, I swear, like, it seems like the function keeps getting more and more dialed in. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, I feel like what keeps me making them is a day-to-day -day change. I think it really depends on, hey, maybe one day like we get a crazy bill and my wife's super stressed out, so I'm motivated to make them because I'm like, I can pay the bills. I can take care of you guys. Don't be scared. Don't be upset. I can handle it. And then other days, I'm just getting excited because I'm like, fuck, I want to try this new color combo. I want to try it like since I make RBRs and like this is the design and I'm comfortable making it, maybe I can try this new color technique that I'm a little nervous to try that's difficult. So there's all different things that motivate me each day to make them, but each one's special and each one I have a lot of time into. So for me, the motivations change constantly. Hopefully I answered that all right for you there. All right. Let's see what else we have here. What was the moment when you knew you wanted to work with glass for the rest of your life? That is from Meech's glass. Hopefully I said that right as well. Uh, man, what was the moment that I knew? I think, honestly, it was the day that I, like, smoked my first water pipe. I think that was the day that I knew. I was like, fuck, I need to do this. 
just because it like it was like spark of ideas and things I wanted to try. And honestly, I just wanted to see the smoke and the bubbles function. And when I first started blowing glass, it like wasn't, I never even thought about like, I wasn't really thinking about selling glass. I was just excited to show my friends. And I'm sure a lot of you guys get this, like when you get a new piece and you call up all your friends, like, dude, I fucking got a new piece. You guys want to come over and sesh tonight and hang out. It's exciting. Um, and feeling excited like that is, is awesome. It's important and it's a good feeling to have. And I think that for me, that excitement I would get is making a pipe and hitting up my friends. I'm like, guys, do you want to come fucking smoke this? And it bubbles like crazy or whatever. Like, you know, so that the moment I knew I wanted to do this forever was the moment I smoked my first water pipe. And it was a zong, 14 millimeter bubble bottom zong bong. All right, light up this joint again real quick here. Hmm. All right. Interesting. I don't know if I've answered this one yet, kind of with all the other shit I've said, but this is from The Real Maham. Probably saying that wrong as well. What has been the most challenging thing about starting and growing a personal business? I would say the most challenging thing is uh, finding a balance with everything in life. Um, because when you're growing like your own business and doing that, it's it's not the, the stresses of a business, but it's the stresses of like balancing your family and your loved ones as well. I'm lucky that all my family and my wife, everyone was on board. They wanted this to happen. They all We all worked together on it. So it's a group effort. But I'd say the most difficult thing is finding a balance. Because if you put too much time in one place, you may start succeeding one place but failing another. And um, for your overall mental health, that's no good. So find a balance so that you're able to do everything you want to do to in all your responsibilities and while also maintaining your own happiness. It's it's all balance. What is your favorite part about glass blowing? This is from Ethan one two. My favorite part is the freedom. Not just the freedom to work and do what I want to do at work, but also the freedom of being able to sit there all day and listen to like documentaries or podcasts and just just learn new things or learn about new people. So being able to just do what I want all day and learn those freedoms is what I love about glass blowing. Obviously, creating art all day is really amazing too, but just freedom is the main thing. All right, let's see what is next. I've already basically answered that guy. Let's see here. Who inspires you most as a fellow glass blower? And this is from EPT Save a Grow. Man. That's one of those things, too, that changes day by day. Um, I'm mostly, nowadays, like, when I first started, I got really inspired by people just making, like, sp like banjo, fucking salt, um, rhino. Like, those guys in the beginning, for me, super inspiring. I just loved, like, all the work, all the little components and parts to make one big piece. I just thought it was so cool. It reminded me of playing with, like, Legos and Kinects as a kid. Just taking tons of little parts and making one big object that you can get high through. Um... But for me, it changes day to day because there's nowadays what motivates me is I see other people grinding. I see other people finding success. I see, you know, like when I go on Instagram and I see someone like sold a piece or they did well or they got their first show or this went well or so I look at someone's story and they've been up on like grinding. That's the shit that inspires me. So like I'd say day to day, the glass floors that inspire me change. But overall, as a community, I get inspired by the community itself because there's a lot of people out there just like myself that are grinding super hard and trying to build something. And I really do think that glass blowing is like the last true like American dream. I mean, 
we're able to sit here and make stuff with our hands on our property and then sell it and then support and take care of our families. Um, that's one of the things I'm most grateful for is that I've been able to experience that in a real way. I feel like a lot of people out there, like I feel lucky that I get to experience that, like being able to make something with my hands and sell it and support my family and take care of people. Lost my train of thought. That's perfect. Hmm. All right. Why do you do what you do? And do you think you'll ever stop making art? Hmm. I've definitely answered why I do what I love what it to do, but I definitely will never stop making art or creating things. I've always worked with my hands. Even as a kid, like I was, uh, my parents had 40 acres of land on the side of bear mountain. That's where the name of the company comes from. And, um, all I did as a kid was build forts and, um, I mean, build with Legos connects. Like I was really into painting models and like, um, I used to play this game very nerdy, but it was called Warhammer. And basically you build models and you paint them. And I did that as a kid. So I've always like created things and it's hard sometimes for me to look at myself as an artist where I think I'm more of like an artisan or a craftsman or someone that just works with their hands because it's, it's what I do to kind of like keep calm and keep myself like rational and sane is like creating things. Because for me, it's like the next day when I look at something that I made with my hands or created, I see a physical representation of my time. Like I know that I existed that day. Like I knew I, I know I was there because there's the object I created. I was present. I was somewhere. Um, this weed is really strong. Um, all right. So next thing here. Okay, I think we got like one more question. Um, are you looking at making new designs for daily drivers besides the RBR for 2020? Um, actually, if you look right behind me here, we have this lathe and we have another one at the other end there. Um, in 2019, we invested every bit of money we made, um, so much so that it's like living paycheck to paycheck, but it's because we're putting everything into this business. Because I have new plans, I have different pieces I want to make, I have new tools. Um, I've already talked about this a few times in live videos and shit. But uh, what we're really looking at building is like a straight tube, like flower line. Like I want to make like flower pipes. Like, but I don't want to follow a traditional format. I want to do something that's my style, something different. Um, so right now we're working on like the lays should be up and running in two weeks. And then after that, we're going to be prototyping throughout the rest of the year and probably do a soft release of some new pieces by the end of the year. But um, the main thing we're looking at is like I want to offer stuff to people who like smoking flour. Um, I have a lot of awesome rig designs and stuff for like, you know, using concentrates. But I really want to build something that's heavily like focused on flour because there's a lot of flour smokers out there that I want to I want them to try my function out. So the big things we're doing on 2020 for daily drivers is trying to make some afford, afford Jesus came and talk guys affordable flower pieces um, to make available for people, and that means like throughout this year I'll be doing giveaways with prototypes. So that's like a big thing for me is like my giveaways. I give away a lot of glass, um, but it's because like I'm working so much and like there's always like an extra piece that maybe didn't like come out perfect or has a scratch or this or that, and then I just like give it away. Um, so that, you know, someone can enjoy it. And also too, it helps like promote the design. So I know a lot of glass blowers out there, you guys don't want to give away stuff or you only want to make like 10 pieces a year, make everything really limited. But I feel like sharing, if you're, if you're willing to put the work in and sharing with like 
collectors and maybe people that wouldn't normally be able to get a piece like this to do a giveaway. Maybe someone that has the headiest pieces in the world wins it. You don't know. But I feel like it's a really important way to like help grow your business and people recognize the design. But also, too, the collectability of things. I definitely recognize that limiting things can add to the collectability and value. But I'm a young glass blower. I've only been doing this. This is my seventh year on the torch. So if I'm only making five or seven pieces available per year, then how am I ever going to get like really good at this? Like, like I know for me, there's, there's people out there that are naturally gifted, but for me, it takes, I have to work like crazy. I have to constantly practice because I'm so far from perfect that I know what I have to do and I have to just dedicate everything to get that good. So for me, it wouldn't be possible to make five or 10 pieces a year. I just, I would never get good at it. So practice is key for me. Oh man, what else here? Shit. You know, I'm going to light this joint again while I try to figure out what I want to tell you guys about. One second here. Mm. I know. So, this week, I uh, did something that was definitely against, uh, against like, my codes, like, how I like to do things. I, uh, I reached out and I contacted someone while I was upset. Now, usually what I like to do is like sleep on it um, and not like uh, not act while I'm upset because then you just, you know, it's it's all like emotion based and it's not rational. So I did that this week and that was definitely, uh, I don't know, slipped up for me. I've been irritated myself about it for like the last few days. It's like one of those things like, I don't know if you guys ever deal with this, but you know, you say something or do something. And like, I wasn't rude to this person. I didn't say anything nasty or anything, but like I reached out to them like when I was upset. So it wasn't, I, it wasn't exactly how I wanted to contact them, especially not where they were like off doing something. I didn't want to fuck up their day with my bullshit, but yeah, I don't know if you guys ever do that. And then a couple days later, even like later that night, you're sitting there, you just smoked again. And they just stopped me thinking, you're like, fuck, why did I say that? Or why did I do that today? That's a big thing I want to work. I've been working on that for years. I used to, when I was younger, I was the guy that would immediately just say it. Like if I was upset, I would just say it. And then I would just look like an asshole. But like, since I started smoking cannabis, honestly, like that's one of the things that you get from psychedelics and stuff. I'd say is that you get a different perspective. You're able to step back and look at yourself and check yourself, check your ego and be like, man, like I don't want to be that guy. So like for me, a long time I've been working on just trying to like, you know, be like mindful about stuff, like, you know, be rational. And, um, yeah, the other day I just slipped up. Just wanted to talk about that on here, but yeah, really excited for this year. Um, a lot of new things we're going to be working on also too. Like I really want to get back into the decanter work. Like I've done a lot of like decanter work by hand. Um, but now that we have these lathes, I'm like, just, I'm super excited to make like really big technical decanters. Um, because for me, there's like a limit by hand. I'm sure there's some like freaks in nature out there that could just do the biggest crazy shit by hand. But for me, there's definitely, definitely a limit. Um, and the lathes are going to open up so many doors for us to be able to pursue and do bigger things. So I'm super excited to do that. Um, I got my guy Cormac Glass here working hard. Um, he's not here right now. He had to leave while we did the podcast, but, uh, he's been working super hard, prepping out color, um, <clears throat> that's his main job here. I haven't talked about him too much on Instagram, but now that we're doing the podcast, got to. Um, 
he's here all day, every day, crushing out color for me. Um, because I used to do all my color prep like a year ago and I was spending half of the week prepping color and then the other half shaping. And I was like, man, like I'm not getting any orders out because I can't make enough glass because I'm spending so much time prepping. And uh, Cormac's been here over a year now and he's been working super hard and he's gotten super dialed in. So really grateful for his help. He's working on doing the bear paw opals now, which is really helpful too because those opals take about an hour to encase. And when you have an order of 40 pieces that need bear paw opals, that's at least 40 hours of work. So having someone's help really helps me um, <clears throat> stay a little bit caught up. But man... We're going to keep doing these guys. Um, you know, this is the first one. So uh, I'm learning as I go. Most of the videos I do are like a 15 second to one minute video on Instagram. So the long format videos are totally different. But basically my idea with this podcast is to like week to week kind of share with you guys what we're getting into, talk about life, ask you guys what you're up to. You know, sometimes I'll ask you about glass, but then other times I might just ask you, hey, have you guys experienced a situation like this? How'd you handle it? I feel like this will be a totally different platform where we can communicate in a different way because I feel like Instagram over the next couple of years may not be the best platform for glass artists or other artists. So <clears throat> as I work hard on this podcast and hey, this might not even be anything or it might not take off for five years. We have no idea. But whatever it does, I'm going to keep putting time into it and putting energy into it. I'm going to have friends come on here. I'm definitely having Big Z. He's probably going to be my first glass blowing guest is Big Z on here. Um, and for now we're going to be doing it in the studio. We might eventually get a separate space to do it, but, um, right now this is how we're going to do it. It's pretty bare minimum, but, um, you got to start somewhere and I'll shout out to our sponsors, Bear Mountain Studios for this episode because no one sponsored me. So I got to sponsor myself. So yeah, guys, um, this was really fun talking. I'm not even sure how long this was. I wanted to do at least a half hour to an hour. I think we only got about 25 minutes or so my internal clock. But um, I think that was a good good for our first one. Um, we're going to keep putting these out. I'm going to keep working on different content and new stuff. And uh, thank you so much, everybody. This is the What's Up Everybody podcast, episode two. Don't know when it's coming out, but we're working on it. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a great night. Bye.